And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say, eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engine! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Everybody and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast. Show it's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and I am joined tonight by two of my very good buddies, Mike, Dave. How are things? I'm going to start with my buddy to the north. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's nice to get back and rolling and get into a good schedule of talking Disney stuff. It's been an eventful week. You know, we had the 50th anniversary. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on in Disney World. Uh, I'm excited to talk about. Our topic tonight, and I'm excited to see Dave because it's been a while since I've seen him, and it does, I feel like uh, it's been one of those. Some days just drag by, some days go by quick, and I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. Yeah, man, I tell you what, today has drug by. I don't know why it's beautiful weather here in Charleston, but today has just been one of those days. It's just it's like I'm like, can bedtime get here at some point? I'm ready. I'm just ready to go to bed. Um, Dave, how are things in the South, brother? You were just in the Magic Kingdom, I think, uh, not too long ago. I've, I'm feel like I'm constantly in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, as Mike said, it's been a pretty eventful month or so leading up to that 50th, and I apologize that I wasn't around for some of our recording sessions. Um, it has been kind of crazy, and the crazy is just getting underway fully now that uh, the 50th has arrived. Um, lots of exciting things happening. Um, I've got a fancy new name tag. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun, and some uh, fun things like that going on. So, so, um, but yeah, like it's busy and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. So I should have wore my, my, I got two of the limited edition magic bands. Nice. The 50th. Yep. Um, my neighbors were in the parks cause they did the, the, uh, merch didn't drop till the day after I left the parks and my neighbors were in the parks and they texted me like, what do you want? It just came out. This is last week. And I was like, I want this, 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 and just send me your Venmo, and I will uh, send it to you. Uh, so I loaded up. But yeah, man, I, I, it's just so much fun to watch everything happening. And, and now that we're moving into uh, this next 18 months of celebration, it's just going to be amazing. So uh, lots and lots of fun. But hey, talking about that, you weren't able to be here last week because you were busy. And I want to talk a little bit about that episode yeah, uh, because it does tie in directly to what we're doing this week. Um, last week's episode, for those of you who haven't heard it, uh, we talked about 
the 10 most influential moments over the past 50 years with the Walt Disney World Resort. And of course, this can be up to your interpretation. I'm sure you might be able to think of something new. I'm sure you were listening to your car screaming, how in the world, Mike and Justin, did you not think of something uh, like this or this? Uh, but I want to go over our top 10 real quick, Dave. I'll go through all 10, and then you give me your thoughts on what we came up with. Uh, at number 10, uh, the addition of extra ticketed events uh, to the Walt Disney World Company uh, all those years ago with the first Mickey's Not So Scary and uh, lots of other extra ticketed events. Uh, at number nine, a specific date that's uh, very, very close to your heart, July 11th, 2020, the reopening of Walt Disney World after the COVID shutdown, uh, something that the company had never seen, never been through, and uh, I think has come through with flying colors. Uh, at number eight, the creation of Run Disney, uh, filling the parks with people during slow times. Uh, one of those things that absolutely I think was key to uh, keeping those parks busy and getting people that may not be into Disney per se, but are runners to become Disney fans by doing something very unique. At number seven, the birth of festivals. Back to the Tapestry of Nations, uh, all the festivals that have been we have seen around the Walt Disney World property, once again, filling the parks during the slow times, which now Epcot is just a land of festivals. It's year-round, pretty much. Uh, at number six, park expansions uh, to all theme parks. So we're talking about uh, New Fantasyland. We're talking about Galaxy's Edge. We're talking about Pandora. Uh, we're talking about all those. So all those new expansions, uh, building on Walt's dream of, of never stopping, always going, keep inventing, keeping the wheel going. Uh, number five, something I think you're really going to appreciate, the filming of 90s TV shows and commercials. Uh, because back then, there was no internet. And people got their Disney fix and fell in love with Disney through commercials and through these 90s TV shows uh, and what you would see on your television. You could not go on YouTube. You could not get on the internet. And so the reason you wanted to go to the happiest place on earth was because of what you saw on TV. At number four, downtown Disney and then eventually turning into Disney Springs in 2015. Uh, a big staple of keeping people on property to shop. Uh, and then, of course, number three, uh, the opening of Epcot, MGM, and Animal Kingdom. New Gates opening there on property. Number two, creation of the Disney Vacation Club, uh, bringing people for the first time ever the ability to have a stake inside the company, not talking stocks, but talking about being able to go and stay on property and know that you've invested in your vacations for years and years to come. And number one, uh, it is a no-brainer. Uh, we are talking October 1st of... Uh, 1971, and that is the opening of the Magic Kingdom, uh, the opening of Walt Disney World as a whole. So that was our 10. Dave, how do we do? I mean, uh, off the bat with number one, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was the completion of a dream that, and a, a project that was was always going to be his legacy it's that it's that argument of and it's been posted in the group a couple of times disneyland versus disney world they're hard to compare but disneyland was the original and disney world is what all the things that they weren't able to achieve out there due to confinement of space and things like that um um a couple of things that I did like uh, in the episode, I thought Run Disney, bringing that up and mentioning that, I mean, Run Disney was such a creative, uh, it filled a gap. Uh, and if, mm -hmm. you, if you think back to those times when there used to be slow times. Yeah, we and talked I, about yeah, that. Remember and, those? And how, those they, years ago? and how Run Disney was one of these things that they then utilized to fill those gaps. And they went, why 
why does it always drop off in like it drops off in mid-January and it doesn't pick back up until uh, in, as until we're heading into spring break? And they were like, let's just put a couple of marathons in the middle there. And the weather is actually decent for a marathon in Florida at that time. So, yeah, I thought they did a great job with that. There was. And as you said, there was always going to be people screaming uh, in their cars, why did you not think of this? There was one thing that probably would have made my list that um, mm-hmm. that I was curious about, um, and it's always a sensitive subject, particularly at the moment, as it has been taken away and redone again, and that is Fast Pass. Uh, the crea- oh yeah, yeah. Fastpass as a as a device really like whether we're talking about the original version with tickets and then the My Disney Experience version with My Magic Plus, uh, it really changed how a Disney vacation operated. It was one of those big moments where they said, "All right, we're going to give you." And I mean, the original intention of Fastpass was to keep guests in the park longer, give them something to look forward to, so that they came in, rode some rides in the morning, and had like something to work towards, which kept them around and ultimately made them spend money on food and merchandise. Um, That was the goal of Fastpass. And then the My Magic Plus version changed it a little bit, and then everything fell in a heap. Um, And then uh, um, we've recently seen a reinvention of of it again and it will be interesting to see how lightning lane um and the genie uh affect and change the the game once again so that was one that i was would have possibly come across my mind as something that might have and whether you love it or hate it it was definitely a major moment in the history of walt disney world well, hopefully, when we look at Genie, we can just say we've never had a friend like him yes, uh, yes. by the time we, we get done with that this. That said, one other thing. I'm aware of some of the 90s TV shows that made an appearance, but yeah, I can't tell you. I've got a oh, friend. Oh, you were across the world. You don't, correct, don't, correct. Yeah, or yeah, And if they did, this. I was like, I don't even know what that theme park is, so why Dude, is Full House going there? Um, you you got to think, though, man, for all these people that didn't, the only time you saw Disney was on a commercial. I remember Disney commercials would come up, and you're just like, whoa. I have a friend I mean that I'm pretty sure, I don't want to exaggerate, so I want to say it's every two weeks instead of once every week, watches the Boy Meets World episode. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a little much, yeah, but, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I want to take us to. Um, I want to take us before we get into this week's episode. Uh, some news dropped uh, last week that was de- near and dear to my heart. It's already taken effect there at California Grill, and uh, that is. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is I had some people. Uh, Anker was asking me on the page my opinion on this. Um, California Grill has moved to a prefix menu for the 50th uh, anniversary of Walt Disney World. And I wanted to give some people some details, and then I'll give you my thoughts, and we'll get the guys' thoughts on it real quick. Um, with the prefix menu, you will get one entree, one appetizer, one entree, one dessert. Uh, it's the same as if you do the deluxe dining plan whenever they had that. The price for an adult is $89 per person. That's ages 10 and up. So if you have an 11-year-old, it's going to be $89 per person. Uh, for children, ages 3 to 9, $39 per child. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the menu. I've got it up here in front of you guys. You should be able to see it. Um, they've gone back and they've grabbed some of the favorite food items over the last, uh, you know, 50 decade years. or so. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much that they've that they've really loved and they've popped it on this menu. Uh, and you're going everything from for for the 
starters, California Grill Sushi Classic Trio, which they do have the spicy Kazan roll as part of it, which is I, that's a good throw to California Grill. That's been the one constant at that restaurant for all these years, and it is fantastic. A Cascade Roll, Lobster and Parsnip bis, uh, Bisque. Uh, you have a house-made uh, artisan-style Duck La Orange, Orange Pizza. I don't know about that. An heirloom apple salad and a braised beef short rib wonton. If you move on to the main course, of course, you get your oak-fired filet. Uh, Monterey Bay, uh, Bay. What's a Chiapino? What is that? What is that? Chiapino? Pink shrimp, clams, mussels, scallops. Man, that is a, that's a seafoody dish. You got to love seafood for that thing. Uh, Florida Coast Black Grouper. A free-range uh, seared chicken. Cast iron grilled pork tenderloin. Handcraft squash and mushroom ravioli, and the 35-ounce beef ribeye tomahawk steak for two. So this you would have to share with somebody. You would both have to agree to get this. So uh, you wouldn't have to, you know, you can't just get that on your own. Uh, And then for desserts, five magical bites, 50 years in the making, a honey, a lemon, a carrot, a strawberry, and a chocolate. They don't say what it is. Uh, That's what they say it is. Uh, They just say it's those flavors. All right. Iridescent. Grand Marnier Souffle. Iridescent. Uh, yeah. A Val, yeah, E-A-R. Uh, a Harana chocolate tort, a lavender sugar donuts, and a chef selection of California cheeses. Now, let me, uh, Mike, when you look at this, mm-hmm. okay, and you look at the price, $89 for an adult, $39 for a child, and you're stuck eating this much food, where is your mind? Is this something you're doing, or are you skipping Cali Grill for the next 18 months? Uh, I'm doing it, but it would be just a Laura and I thing because to pay for Sammy and Sarah, you know, that they have kind of simple tastes, this wouldn't be really worth the $90 a pop for each one of them. Uh, I can't even see taking a 12-year-old to California Grill and being stuck with that. Uh, I never understood the Disney math when it comes to, um, you know, the, the the child versus, you know, adult when it comes to the menus and the food options and the dining plan. So I'm a little bit lost there. But I think if they're looking to make it more of a date night and not bring the kids and maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, quiet of a diet like a fine dining evening then you'll you'll get that with charging 90 dollars for a you know 12 year old mm-hmm. dave how about you bud um i mean yeah like i'm not gonna take my five-year-old there because you just read through the menu so i don't feel i need to elaborate on that any further um and by the sounds of it uh even some 12 year olds have similar uh eating habits at mike's house to my 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 young ones. So yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, but I mean, I, I think it would be a fun thing to do, uh, during the, during the 18 months that this, uh, menu is available. Uh, I usually prefer an a la carte menu. I'm not a huge fan yes. of being, um, locked into a prefix, but at least they've got a decent amount of options. Um, some of the other places that have released prefix menus that it, there's three options and you're like, well, what if I don't want any of those three? Like, yeah. Are you talking about be our guest? Is that be, I didn't that be say your, those words that, out Would loud. that be the one you're talking about? I did not of. say those words oh, out loud. Oh, the, the one restaurant that's prefixed the same menu price and they have three items. Is that the one? <laughs> that, that might have been what it was oh, okay. in my I mind. You. I did oh, not okay. say those words. Um, and just to uh, update you, a chiapino uh, is a fish stew. Um, the name has an origin out of Italy, but it is um, uh, originally... Uh, from the San Francisco, California region, which is why it makes an appearance at California mm. Grill. 
Uh, it's not for me, man. I like seafood, but not not. That's too a much lot seafood. of seafood. That's a lot of seafood, <laughs> man. And that tomato broth's not going to hide all that. So that's just a lot of seafood. Um, all right. So uh, you, you, some of you guys were asking my opinion on this and about prefix menus. Um, I, I think it's. I, I I don't I don't enjoy it. Let me say that I'm not a big fan of prefix menus. I I don't like the fact that I have to go and pay. A certain price and I have to I'm not gonna eat this much food. It's just not gonna happen. I can't sit down and eat an appetizer entree dessert. It's just not who I am. It's not who my family is. Katie can't sit down and eat an appetizer entree dessert. So the fact that when we walk in the door, we are now automatically 180 bucks in, and that's before drinks. Um I don't I I you know, and California Grill is my number one restaurant on Disney property. This is my happy place. I don't see us doing Cali Grill over the next 18 months. I think we will probably skip it. There's too many options that are pretty similar to it. When you talk about Narcuzzi's or Citricos, um, you know, if you want a good steak, you can you can go. There's a lot of you know yachtsmen. Um, there's too many other options on property to go and get similar food and not have to pay that exorbitant of a cost. You know, to to, to do that. You know, if I want sushi, I can go to Springs. Uh, there's just there's other options out there. And so for me, it's a big pass, which is a huge bummer, man, because that's our that's our jam. Like we were just there. That is where we like to go. And so uh, that's one reason we don't go to be our guest um, is because of this is because of the prefix menu. And I hope this does not become a staple across property. I really I really do. Yeah, because they don't look at the things and it's just I can't. Didn't they do a prefix menu also at the um, at Wilderness Lodge? When they replaced the, um, when they replaced the artist point, yes, replaced artist point with the, um, which had a character element to it as well with the seven dwarves, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves happening there. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm pretty sure that was also a prefix menu, and and I did that one. I, I don't know that. they keep running at this and thinking so, that this is a good idea, and apparently people I'm guessing keep they going, eliminated so, the brunch and the Disney uh, solution I, as that, well. I people don't are know. I have not it. seen anything about the brunch. So, at they all. must love it because the brunch is a home run. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like I, I, Joe or, or uh, um, uh, we lost Dave. Dave is frozen up. Um, we, uh, I've never done the brunch, but everybody I've talked to that did loved it. You did it, didn't you, Mike? I uh, know Jay did it. Jay did it. That's who did it, yep. and he absolutely loved it. Like absolutely, I think he did it. I think he did it. Like he did the. Uh, brunch that day and then the dinner there that night. That's right, he was. did. Yeah, yeah. He just pretty he much just had his there. entire California Day grill. Uh, it was it was an entire California California grill day for him. That's, I think pretty much. I think they was. brought in a couch and just like he just <laughs> sat on the couch up there and just didn't leave. I'll just uh, wait here between my courses. Yeah, the whole time. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it doesn't become a staple. I, I really do. Uh, well, let's move into this tonight's topic though, because last week we did talk about ten things that were the most influential moments over the last 50 years of Walt Disney World property. Uh, but tonight, we're looking forward. You know, We're going to keep moving forward, and we're looking at what we would hope to see and what we would like to see in the next 50 years at the Walt Disney World property. Before we do this, though, I'm going to allow my good friend Dave to do his, uh, his speech whenever we talk about anything that might be happening in the future. This speech has to be made, so off you go. Yes, I uh, just wanted to reiterate once again that although I am participating in this conversation and talking about things that are coming, I'd like to once again reiterate that I have no idea. I have less idea than you do. Uh, so we are putting out some things and hypothesizing on some future scenarios, but I, but 
nothing I say should be taken as as any kind of testimony as to what would be happening or will be happening. This is purely just us uh, having a, a little bit of a blue sky conversation with some fun ideas um, and hopeful that maybe some of them might come true. Um, and yeah, just wanted to give that disclaimer. Let me check really quickly with the lawyers. That, that's good? Yep. I think we're good. That's good. All right, right, off we go. All right, uh, (laughs) we're going to start at number 10. Uh, Number 10 of the uh, things that we hope we see over the next 50 years at the Walt Disney World property. And we tried to hit a bunch of different things. We didn't try to, you know, just say, we want this type of resort or this type of resort. We tried to really hit a lot of things around property. So we're going to start with an expansion of indoor space uh, for different programs around Walt Disney World. Mike, uh, why did we want this on the list? Uh, I thought a lot of times we always have that where you're stuck in a rainstorm, you have bad weather. So I kind of wanted to be able to open up an idea where you can have some indoor activities. You know, maybe something like a retractable dome, whether it be for sporting events, whether it be for uh, family entertainment, something along those lines where if you're going to have one of those, you know, miserable rainy day Disney things, you can kind of close the top, you know, close the roof off and have some indoor entertainment to kind of expand your options on things you can do while you're on vacation. So you really don't miss out on, uh, you know, your precious time that you're away with your family well also i think you get festivals you can have festivals in there you can host run disney you know events if you needed to you know what i mean like the like the pre-events and and post parties and stuff like that um i think any indoor space is a real gem uh correct me if i'm wrong dave i think the largest indoor space in central florida would be the convention center um i think it's it's definitely i mean as far as floor space yeah it has got to be it has to be be. way up there they do some huge uh, events and things there. there. There's a whole lot of space through that convention center uh, on iDrive. So, um, yeah, that's well, probably it. And where my brain instantly went with this is an East and a West Coast D23. So, skipping years. So, East Coast gets it one year, West Coast gets it the next year. So, that way we're not waiting, you know, uh, uh, for D23 so, events. So, we're talking a multi purpose venue indoor facility yeah which could be used for a large convention but then could be utilized for other options festivals for you name it like anything you need indoors it's there and like mike said mike said when other stuff's not going on maybe you put in meet and greets in there maybe you put in you know certain things that you you know interactive things in there that you if it's raining you know what hey i'm gonna go over to whatever it's named and I'm going to spend my afternoon there while it's raining. I can take some right, really so, cool um, photo pass pictures would, and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where would you put this then? Because well, you would know they better kind than of me, have I, some space. Well, I was going to say they have some spaces like that, that uh, down ESPN, Wide World of Sports area, mm-hmm. but they're so hard to get to. So if you were mm. wanting to do something where you were doing meet and greets and people could get to easily, it needs to be more centralized to the commotion. Um, yeah. then that, that's all the way down in Yemen. Like it's hard to get to, like, have you ever tried but to I, go, no. Mike's had to no. pu- bus hop and try to figure out how to get to events at ESPN wide world of sports. It, it's not fun. It is tough to get to, but I think uh, maybe later in our list, we'll uh, address some all of right. those possible, you know, shortcomings and we'll uh we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit i we'll, was gonna say the right. same thing right. our brains right here right here we, we think we think we're the I, same i'm gonna move on to number nine guys uh 
this is building off something we used to have. Um, I hope in the next 50 years we see what would be, and we were trying to think of, of ways to explain this, a technology center for guests. Uh, when we say technology center, is a place where you can go where there's interactive games, interactive things to do, and everybody's going, we used to have that. But Disney, be on top of it. Be the innovator you are and keep it up to date and keep it a, a step ahead of the game and have stuff where you can go and try. Bring in outside you know, companies or outside uh, 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 inventors to, to demonstrate these new technologies that they've created that we'll probably see at some point in our lives. And uh, once again, on a rainy day, to be able to go to this place. And you know what? Charge. Charge to get into it. Charge to get into it, and they take all that money and reinvest it in education for cast members towards uh, AI and uh, all the stuff that you know Disney will be building over the next 50 years. I would love to see something like that. I think that our... You know, our kids' generation has grown up with iPads and cell phones, and, you know, they're a technological-based generation. To have that, but done by Disney, and to be able to include their characters and their way of life and their teaching style, and I just think Disney's the best company to constantly push the boundaries of technology and to have a place to demonstrate what they're doing is bar none would be something I would definitely go do when I was on property. I agree. I'd love to see something like that. Dave, I, would you, did you ever go to, did you ever go to Disney quest? Oh yeah. Oh, I love I Disney quest. It. I yeah. love Disney quest. I would like to go to Disney quest on a very hot day because mm-hmm. on a wet day, it was the immediate thing that everybody ran to. And it was the last place you wanted to be when it started raining or that it was forecast that tomorrow was going to be wet. And you were like, not going to Disney quest. Cause it's going to be nuts. Um, but so I would like to just go on an absolutely ridiculously hot day where I didn't want to be outside and you were in air conditioned comfort and running around playing games. You go back to some of those old school things that started out in Disney quest, like, um, the river rafting. Yes. Uh, that's exactly was, what I was thinking. It was, that was amazing. And considering that when it was there, like it was still good by the time they, well, the, like it had started to get a little bit, but by the time they closed it, like if it had received some upgrades and things over time, it would have been amazing still. But yeah, it they they stopped pushing that boundary, mm-hmm. and so I think it needs to be a concerted effort to continue pushing that boundary if that's what they're going to do. Mike, did you ever go to Disney Quest? I did. I, w- I went there once. I. Earlier trip, I remember doing one of those roller coaster design things. I think there yes, was one of those. Yes, we could ride it. Yeah, so I remember doing that. Uh, didn't spend much time there. Kind of passed through just to kind of check it out. It was one of those things that I kind of wanted to have on my bucket list and say, hey, I went there and checked it out. And we did on one of our, you know, when it was the downtown Disney area. Nice, nice. Um, let's move on to number eight, fellas. Uh, this is something, Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you uh, first because I love this idea. When you said it at first, I went, huh? This doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, this is very unique. This is something that if they did it, they would be on the uh, cutting edge with doing something like this. At number eight, the diversification of resort offerings. Mike, what in the world are we talking about when we say the diversification of resort offerings? 
So, you know, in the last couple of, in the last, you know, quite a, 50 years, we've seen quite a few Disney resorts pop up, and they're always classified as where you have your your value, your moderate, your, you know, your 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 high-end places, your, your animal kingdoms, and I wanted a place similar to like a cruise ship where you could have a really over-the-top, amazing resort where you would have some very cool experiences, whether it be in a new park, uh, completely immersed with something. But I also wanted to have a tier system instead of being just labeled as a value resort or labeled as a, you know, as a moderate resort. I wanted to have it similar to like a cruise ship where if you wanted to stay at that particular resort and enjoy all the amenities, you can just stay at one of the value type rooms, maybe one of the, the lower floors or, you know, something with not such of a good view. But then you also have your moderates. And then you would have your very, you know, exclusive high end stuff. So that, you know, have a really over-the-top immersive type of resort, but be able to have that where you can not exclude everybody so that anybody on anybody's budget can kind of come in and enjoy the magic that this new hotel is going to have to offer. So you mean like a resort like the new uh, Star Cruiser that cost... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I got the idea from. $5,000 you know, for that two people. kind of priced a lot of people out. And um, I love you know. this idea. I love this idea, and here's why. The, growing up the way I did, growing up with just me and my mom not having any money and you know staying off property and passing these resources we came in, I've always I've talked to this a lot. I would pass. We would drive in. We would park. We'd ride the monorail, and you would pass you know, the Polynesian, you'd pass the Grand Floridian, you'd see the Contemporary over there, and, and you know, even driving in, you'd see some of the other resorts. And it's just, that was never going to be something I could do. And there's a lot of families that would love to have an Animal Kingdom Lodge-type experience, but can't pay the Animal Kingdom Lodge-type of prices. But if you make a resort to where you do have value rooms, but you're still giving a deluxe experience... I think it's huge. I think I think that sells out so fast. It's unbelievable. You know, and it's just like you said, just like the cruise. Look, when I cruise, typically I do an indoor in uh, an inside stateroom. Why? Because I cruise a lot. My wife likes to nap and they get super dark in there. And I'm just not in the room that often. So for our family, like the cheaper inside stateroom makes sense for us. For some families, they like the balcony. You know, they like to spend a little more. And for Mike, they like to spend a little more. They like to put the feet up, you know, be able to open the door, see the ocean, and do all that. So doing a resort like this, and especially if you said it too, if you put it attached, let me give you this, the Grand Californian, attached mm-hmm. with a private entrance into a into a theme park, you know, where you have a separate entrance into DCA, if you do something like that, but you you make it available to all budgets from value to deluxe, man, huge. That reimagines what Disney did with the tiered uh, resorts to begin with, and I think that's I think that's big. Really, is big. Dave, thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see how they make it work, but uh, particularly once uh, the Star Cruiser drops. Um, it, it could lead the way to change how we approach a resort. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do do resorts start to tell stories? I mean, <gasps> all resorts tell stories, but do they start to tell stories like the like the cruiser is going to tell stories? Yeah, it'll be you interesting. You know what I mean? Like if we get Marvel coming up at some point, you know, do we get a Marvel hotel? Do we get a Mickey hotel? You know, that tells Mickey stories. A hotel. Huh? I'm all about that. Give Mickey how a hotel. How cool would it be to have? 
a Mickey hotel, you know, the, the Fab Five, the kids, man, would love it and make a private entrance in the Magic Kingdom. What? Into Fantasyland? Nice. Come on. I mean, come on. It's That's ridiculous. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to number seven. This is something I do think will happen. I don't know, but I do think this, out of all these, I think this is something we will see uh, in the next 50 years, and that is an expansion of World Showcase. Dave, this has been one of the most rumored things for years and years and years that we're going to get an expansion. We're going to get another country added on. We're getting, you know, the space is there. I hope to see it. 50 years from now, are you and I sitting in our rocking chairs going, you know, I really enjoy that Brazil in World Showcase? So I put this rumor with the rumor that Rock and Roller Coaster is going to get a makeover with a new band. It's something that has been talked about. <laughs> hey, it is covered about. right now. So, <laughs> it is. They are, doing some, they are doing some maintenance on it. Yeah. It's one of those things that has been talked about forever. Um, I feel like when I first joined the Disney company, this was talked about and everybody was like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. And every single D23 rolls around and every single D23 doesn't acknowledge an change at Rock and Roller Coaster or an expansion of Epcot. But I'm giving you 25 D23s for them to announce it. Oh, I think it will happen. 50 years 50 years in the future oh it will happen it's just like everybody always wants a timeline on it and i'm like i don't know i have no I, idea like, i'll give you a timeline in the next 50 years yeah okay there you go. and All if right. i'm wrong come find me <laughs> and we'll, right, you can send send your emails disney dad justin at gmail.com okay 49 years from now they're gonna be like this is happening and justin's gonna be like i win i got it <laughs> money's on me haha -ha. uh mike when we talk about World Showcase, look, I love it the way it is, but having those expansions, expansions have happened since 1982, since that park opened, uh, and I do think we see it at some point. I would love to see an expansion of World Showcase. We talked about it many times over the last four years on this show. Uh, do you think we see it in the next 50 years? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time we had an expansion at Epcot? I don't think we ever have, right? I mean, the other parks we have, and we've had a lot of refurbishment. I mean, Epcot's now the the park of walls because it's getting a huge makeover but i definitely think that getting a new country an added country just to kind of uh add to that uh because when epcot originally opened it didn't have as many countries as it did and now it does so i definitely think they should add more countries to that particular area and it'll give you more room for more festival stuff too and more merchandise and more you know food offerings and more restaurants so i think it's a win-win for the company if they can expand it yeah I'm, I'm trying to look up dave you looking it up already got it uh, 1984, right. two years after the opening, uh, they added in... Uh, Norway? And Morocco. And Morocco, okay. I knew Norway was one. Yeah. Uh, and Morocco, okay. And Morocco was a super unique experience, too, Correct. because they, they uh, you know, Morocco really had a lot to do with the building of that there. Um, and Norway, you know, we went through that when we talked about this not too long ago with, you know, that's a really cool story about how Norway kind of snuck in, you know, yeah. and made it, them, made it their own. It was supposed to be Scandinavian countries. Ooh. And all of a sudden, Norway's like, nope, we'll be the only ones that'll fund this. It'll be Norway. It's just us. Um, it's just us. But yeah, so I think it'll happen. It's just a case of when. And why yep. does Brazil get it? Why not Australia? Dude, here's why. Nobody, like, nobody likes Australia. No one wants to go there. It's hot. It's hot. If they give Actually, it to New Zealand, I will flip a table. <laughs> like, you will see me pick it 
Epcot. If they put oh, yeah. it, Disney would be super smart just to spend the money and buy the rights to the Lord of the Rings and put Hobbiton in uh, in World <laughs> Showcase. I would live there. It would be like my land. I would, uh, it would middle be so earth, happy. The new um, Epcot. Put Australia, put an Outback. Just put an Outback steakhouse, steakhouse as the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, guys. Blooming yeah. onions. Just blooming that's... onions all around. <sighs> Um, we are not getting into this, okay? Stop Brazil, it. imagine doing Carnival. You know what oh, I mean? No, don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm all yeah. about Brazil as well. I'm not hating on Brazil. I'm just saying, give me Australia. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I almost bought uh, Crocodile Dundee, is only $4.99 right now on iTunes. I always, so, for those of you that don't know, Tuesdays are the day if you, if you collect movies because Monday nights at midnight, iTunes releases their new movies on online and so but they also change what movies are 4.99 so tuesdays every tuesday i pick up my apple tv remote i go and i search through all the 4.99 movies and i add you know certain movies like today i bought halloween 3 season of the witch 4.99 that's a hard one to find too yeah hard one to find so i got a 4.99 um crocodile dundee was on there so i actually watched the trailer rack you know and he did the uh, this is a knife, you know, that's in the trailer and all that. So, so, uh, anyway, has nothing to do with anything. I just want everybody to check your iTunes and start buying 499 movies. Um, Tim Apple needs more money. That's what I call him. Um, all right, here we go. Moving on. I like this one a lot. Uh, Mike coming to you for this one. Uh, number six, this is something that would be excellent to see. I think Disney fans around the world would love this. You kind of see it with Disney cruise line. Um, this would be a Disney World loyalty program coming within the next 50 years to the company. You know, one of the favorite things that I have is a Disney Visa credit card. You know, I, I use that. I think a lot of people in our group have it. And, you know, the more and more I use my Disney Visa credit card, the more and more I get Disney points. You know, for being a loyal Disney Visa person, I wind up getting all of these Disney dollars. So I'm thinking that maybe we should have a Disney World loyalty program. So maybe by the amount of stays, maybe if you buy a vacation club, you know, a little different tiers. And the more and more you spend in the parks or if you're buying annual passes, you get a certain point system and they can evaluate how many points are worth what when it comes to a dollar value but i think that um you know as the prices increase and as the uh you know as as you have your new generations of people coming you should have a a loyalty rewards program for the diehards for the people that come on a regular basis and uh, i think it would be good for the a a good look for the company so they don't seem i don't know maybe so money hungry all the time kind of give them back a little bit taking care of the guys to take care of you all right, so I'm bringing it up on the screen right now. Did you order, Mike, your 50th Disney Visa? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. It's order free. Yet. Okay, it's free. You can go on because you know normally they charge you to get a new card. Uh, I ordered Katie and I both. I'm, I went and checked today, hoping it would be here. It's still not here yet. So, um, but they're beautiful, man. Look at those cards. I mean, how cool would that be? You don't get those too often. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you can order. Get online. Get online and order your 50th uh, okay. Visa. It's not too often you get something. For free, and that is an upgrade you can do uh, for free. Um, Dave, we see a loyalty program with Disney Cruise Line. Uh, it would be very nice to see something like that come to the parks as well for people that are in there all the time. You can my McDonald's app even has a loyalty program now. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I eat at McDonald's often enough to use the app. Moving on, I don't need your judgment. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm surprised we don't have one. Like, I'm surprised the Disney company doesn't have one, but, I mean, sure. I think they should make it individual to quick services. So, like, have a Pecos Bills 
uh, uh, loyalty program. Like if you get the beef nachos and the strawberry uh, slush, you know you get you get certain points, and then you eventually get a strawberry slush for free. Like so, I need I need forty seven apps for each of the quick or, service. Yeah, locations. yeah, you have a whole your phone is taken over by all the apps for all the different things. You know what I mean? And then if you go, am if you I go allowed through, to use my points from uh, <laughs> Cosmic Rays? No, 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 nope, can't transfer. Pinocchio's can't transfer. Village nope. House cause. cannot transfer. They're all in there. And also, then you get you get certain really nice things. Like there's a backroom fixins bar that has even better fixins <laughs> than the fixins bar that's not open right now. And so exclusive you get exclusive bar, exclusive fixins bar. That you get to move up to, you get to move up tiers, you know. So. Leave it to Justin Souter to make a, a a tiered program more confusing. I like it. <laughs> I like it. We're just gonna keep uh, going. I like love this. It, okay? Love it. Yeah. All right. This is this is amazing. Uh, Disney World loyalty program, I think, is massive. I think that would be really cool. And also, as Disney fans, here's where we're all crazy. You can see it with me with Disney Cruise Line. If you put something to get to or something to like uh, something to strive for let's say a platinum cruiser i've got my black lanyard sitting right here uh guess what we do we spend money until we're platinum cruisers so if you would put these marks that say like hey if you do this many times inside the magic kingdom throughout the you know this period of time then you get this guess what we're gonna do we're crazy Disney fans are nuts. We are going to go to the Magic Kingdom fifty-three times in a you know seventy-five day period. Look at look at like the please visit Epcot this many times during the food and wine food festival wine. to claim your yeah. exclusive chopping board or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly, man. It's the same thing. I go, I make sure to get there to get my magnets or to get my cup, you know, stuff like that. Uh, remember those those years when they would give you a cup? That was amazing. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, here's something, Dave, that I know you would be excited about. Something I would be extremely excited about. At number five of the ten things we hope to see happen over the next 50 years at Walt Disney World. Or this is now just with the Disney company in general. An expansion of Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney. Now, we have seen an expansion of Disney Cruise Line. We have three new ships. But I, mean, I don't think it stops yeah. there. No. Pre-COVID, Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney, for that matter, were going from strength to strength. Okay, like they were uh, Disney Cruise Line were opening up new itineraries, and they had a, a ship that was almost permanently on the West Coast with the Wonder, um, mm -hmm. the Magic the Wonder. sailing back and forth through Europe, and uh, opening up new itineraries and visiting new places they hadn't done before. Um, particularly, also those transatlantic voyages. Um, they in the in the ten years uh, leading up to this, um, they had definitely. Uh, gone from st strength to strength with re with regard to that and then they um and then covid has happened and we've seen a huge pullback on that but they've continued to push forward um we had the announcement of the wish uh we've still got two more ships coming out from that i don't think that timeline has been adjusted apparently maya werft are just doing their thing um so i yeah like, I don't, I think that once we get back on track with, um, with, 
with Disney Cruise Line and um, we start getting this back to a normal function, uh, we're definitely going to see it pick back up and go from strength to strength, uh, continuing to um, produce new itineraries and new ships and push forward as a leader in the cruise industry. Um, also, Adventures by Disney, you rewind 10 years ago and most people didn't even know what it was. Now I've got like radio ads that talk about Adventures by Disney on the Rhine cruises and um, amazing opportunities like that. Um, so I, I think that as that offering continues to uh, be something that they promote. We're going to see some uh, development in what they offer and expansion of those products. Yeah, and look, I mean, Disney likes to be at the forefront of everything. So when you look at something like Royal Caribbean, who has 24 ships, why in the world would we think Disney would stop at seven? It's just not going to happen. They're going to continue to expand. And it's weird, man. It's like a domino effect because the more ships you have... The more people sailing, the more money you're making, the more ships you can build. You know, uh, 100%. You just, yeah, you have that money in the bank to be able to put it to, back into the company. So I, I think, I think after these three really get rolling, we get back to normal. I think we see the addition of maybe two more within the next decade. I don't think it's going to be that long. I think they're going to no. pop out these three and they're going to say, "Hey, we want an Asia. We want a ship in Asia, three sixty-five. We want to ship, you know, doing just Australia, New Zealand, like that area, 365. We want to ship, you know, let's say around the coast of Africa doing. The other thing that they need to consider is that the life of a cruise ship, um, it starts mm-hmm. to hit 30 or so years and they they start to question how much is, is it worth the upkeep or do we build a new ship? And yep. so I would take those two new ships and say they'll add another one and build an, uh, build it as a third uh, with the intention of retiring at least the Magic. Um, because, uh, and don't get me wrong, the Magic is near and dear to my heart and uh, has a special part in my life. But um, at some point, yeah, they're going to make a business decision that says uh, magic is on its way out as the original ship. Well, you're looking, we're coming up on it in, in 2027, we'll be 30 years. Yep. Now, Disney takes a lot better care of their ships than some other cruise lines do. I was also on, that. I was on Carnival. I was on a 30 year old ship and it's a huge difference in that and the magic the magic wait you got a second favorite ship a 30 year old carnival ship like that that means you're taking your life in your hands here's the reason it's the only one that goes out of charleston oh okay oh good charleston gets a 30 year old (laughs) carnival ship we're an old city okay we 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 embrace yeah yeah exactly we (laughs) embrace we embrace it i can get on for like uh I can get on for like $16 and 50 cents. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you got 30 years coming up with the magic in, in 2027. So they will start to make those decisions. And like I said, it's my second favorite ship in the fleet, the wonder being the first. Um, and so I, I, I took the magic for 14 days across uh, the Atlantic ocean. And it's just, it, it's just an amazing ship even to this day. So I'm going to be very interested to see once we get the wish and we get the next two, um, how quickly they they go ahead and and lock down two more ships being built because I don't think it'll be that far. Um, Mike, anything to add to the Disney Cruise Line expansion, Adventures by Disney? 
No, I think with as as time goes on and the and hopefully we get over this COVID hump and we start to see the uh, travel industry pick back up more to where it was obviously pre-COVID. Uh, I think expanding this will definitely because I think people have the bug where they want to start getting out and doing these things again and and re really really getting into it. So I think that having an expansion of this is definitely going to benefit the company, and I think it's something that I'd love to see in the next 50 years. Yep. Uh, Mike, I'm coming right back to you with our number four, because this is, once again, something I think we see, and I, I really hope we do, because uh, we did get a new transportation option in the last few years, and a lot of guests have really enjoyed it, including myself and you. Uh, Dave, I know that you use it and enjoy it. Um, and that is a Skyliner gondola. And at number four, we're coming in with an expansion of transportation around Walt Disney World property. Yeah, you know, we talked about before about maybe setting up something near the ESPN Center, you know, and we how, how hard it is to get there. I think with all of the things that are happening around Disney, they're opening more resorts there to trying to get more people in. They want, you know, you need people. People come, people spend money. But I think getting those people around can be a challenge and you need to get them in the parks as quickly as possible and get them from one park to another so that they're spending money. You don't want them sitting at a bus stop for four or five hours waiting for a bus because that's money you're losing of somebody sitting at a bus stop. So I think that having a monorail expansion or having a uh, the gondola, you know, having the Skyliner expand to different parks, different areas is a huge thing infrastructure is a big deal and if you can if you can do that you can definitely move a lot more people and put a lot more people in different places and really start to get the benefit of the extra revenue of people being where they're supposed to be and giving you more time on your vacation you know no one wants to sit at a bus stop for three hours waiting for a bus if if, if that's the case because you know your time on a vacation is precious and i think that having something as cool as the monorail having that experience of drive of being on that going from one resort it's from one park to another i think having that's a, a really important part and it's a, it makes it a special vacation too yeah i tell you what uh, dave the one thing i don't think we ever see an expansion of the uh, monorail. It's too expensive. It's uh, it's it's just a lot going on. But the gondolas are very affordable to build. I mean, we're talking Disney money now. We're not talking, you know, we're not talking uh, me and you money. You know, we don't have this just sitting in the piggy bank. Um, but you're looking at a, a, an estimated thirty-seven point seven five million dollars per mile to build a gondola. Um, now, for what the 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 project was, they uh, three different routes. Uh, it looks like Disney spent around $234 million on the gondola system. But, Dave, they also are able to transport guests at, at such a high rate and at so many people that that pays for itself in no time. Cutting down on bus cost and paying somebody uh, and the maintenance of buses and stuff like that. 100%. Um, the, the bus system, I mean, the... Disney has the the largest privately owned fleet of buses and the maintenance and upkeep on that was astronomical. Not only that, think about the location of where they put that uh, Skyliner. Um, mm -hmm. Right there on the corner, we now have uh, Riviera Resort. We've got Caribbean Beach. Um, we've got uh, Pop Century and Art of Animation. All four of them in close proximity, all linked. And two theme park entrances, one at Disney's Hollywood Studios and the International Gateway of uh, Epcot. And like that corner right there where Victory Way meets uh, Buena Vista Drive used to be packed with buses. On any given mm -hmm. moment, you could see 
15 plus buses at that intersection because they were constantly delivering guests to the all of those locations that I just mentioned. Not only that, with Disney Springs uh, being the main feed line back down uh, along Lake, uh, along Buena Vista Drive there. Um, now you drive past it, there's four. Four buses at an intersection in Disney is yeah, nothing. exactly. Like, we less than, it's less than half. It's probably a third of what that intersection used to uh, deal with. And, um, and yeah, for a very reasonable rate. Um, and I know, yes, when we're talking $230 million, um, everybody has a small conniption fit. I know my spleen hurts when I hear that number. I'm not even sure where my <laughs> spleen is. I mean, it's Pocket nothing to Mike. Mike. <laughs> my, my, Mike's worried about New York City money, okay? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, for, um, for a project that, um, completely reshaped, uh, Disney transportation in that region, um, it, it, they've already seen it pay for itself in uh, in what it's doing mm-hmm. like it's got to be well on the way uh particularly when they restarted those parks and the, those resorts were some of the first to come online because they knew they could move people from them without it being a major issue so yeah let me give you um let me let me bring two of the most genius people to ever walk the planet together okay with ideas go with me on this one let me bring together Walt Disney Okay. With his idea of a people mover and what Epcot was supposed to be, with uh, you know a, a prototype city to where people would be transporting in and out of a central hub to work every day, okay, using what would be a makeshift people mover to get them in and out of the area. And let me bring in Elon Musk, who is nearing a deal to build a uh, the Boring Company and, and uh, build a tunnel in Florida. Uh, which will um, be two and a half miles from Fort Lauderdale Beach to downtown. Um, and you'll be able to, uh, if, if you have a Tesla, uh, there'll be Tesla, Tesla riding cars, uh, we'll be able to use this tunnel to get with skip complete traffic. And let's bring them together, you know, that idea of, of something like a people mover and just a constantly moving platform that can take you from one destination to another. It's themed, it's well done. And, uh, and you can go to these hubs and be able to switch. It's almost like a subway system in Florida. Now, everyone's saying, it's Central Florida. It's all, it's all swamp. It can be done now. We have the technology to do it. It's not like it used to be all these years ago. Um, so I would love to see something like that in the next 50 years. You know, Bring in these innovators and let them you know, build this stuff on Disney property. Look, if Disney called Elon Musk and said, we'd like for you to come in and be the brainchild of this, you know, fix our fix our transportation uh, problem. Fix fix what we want to do, and I bet he would be like, "Cool, we'll do it for pennies on the dollar as long as I can put my name somewhere on it." Disney's gonna say, "No, we're good. We'll pay full price, and we're gonna put our name on it." But you know, I think he would be down to do it. What do you think about that? Um, yes, like we we Disney continues to jump at. Uh, innovative ways of moving people. It's always been, as you said, like the people mover was created for the 1964-65 World's Fair in Queens, New York, as an opportunity to demonstrate how we can effectively move people around. That's literally the name of the mm-hmm. of the attraction. Um, the The next step becomes, yeah, how do we implement this in a real world environment? And if you're going to do it, why not work with the best and the brightest? Yeah. 
Yep. You're talking about taking an innovator in, you know, of his time back then and an innovator of the time now, and let's bring those ideas together and let's uh let's transport some people around Walt Disney World property in new ways. I think we see in the next fifty years. Uh Dave, I'm coming to you on this one. Uh, this is something I'm going to turn over to you because I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, at number three, Disney getting back to a focus on entertainment. And when people say, what? They've been doing entertainment. What do we mean when we say, over the next 50 years, a focus on entertainment? I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying that there have been some decisions in the last five or ten years which has taken the Disney company in a little bit of a step away from our entertainment focus and this is nothing new for the company um this is something that has ebbed and flowed over the duration even when Walt himself was alive um and I mean our Disney Dad's podcast book club is reading a book about one of these turbulent times. They're uh, still slowly making their way through uh, Disney Wars, uh, which is a wonderful book. I've read a couple of times and I haven't been back up to date to be able to participate in their conversations. But, um, but this book looks at what happened post-Walt and through the Eisner years and how there was this shift back in the direction of needing um, a focus on um, amping up the entertainment offerings and then even how that then started to wend away towards the uh, the end of Eisner's uh, time at the helm and how we then went back to it again um, when Bob Iger took the reins and... I, I think the natural progression of the company and how we ebb and flow in and out of this uh, focus is going to be um, something that we we start to turn the wheel back towards uh, in the not-too-distant future so that we can um, really focus back on what this company is, uh, what the Disney company does, and how they make magic. Well, we don't have the Disney parks and the way they are without the entertainment storytelling, what this company did all these years ago and continues to do. And like you said, it has ebbed and flowed. You know, whenever you look back uh, at like watch Waking Sleeping Beauty, you know, when yep. you're looking, it's the perfect example of like it is. the ultimate low going into the ultimate high for a Disney company on entertainment. You know, they Great. Had lost now sight I'm going to have to watch that again. I have only, I've only watched it four <laughs> times. Great. It's so good, man. It is it's so amazing. good. It's, it's just so well done. Um, but it's the perfect example of what you're talking about. You know, the Disney company had lost sight of what it was, uh, being an entertainment company, and then turned around and then found their way. And not only found their way, they hit the ground running with Howard Ashman and, you know, all these people coming in and, and just were able to create these masterpieces that we still love to stay. And to be honest, that we have built now parks around uh, with different attractions and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I do agree. I think eventually it will find its way back around. I think everything comes full circle. Um, it, it has demonstrated on multiple occasions that it does come full circle, and it will. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, Mike, anything to add to the uh, focus back on entertainment? No, I think Dave hit the nail. You know, hit the nail on the head with that one. I think it's a you know he said it perfectly. I really can't add much more than that. Number two, I'm coming to you, Mike. 
The expansion of resorts and, in particular, DVC resorts. I think the Walt Disney Company, if you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep getting bigger and bigger and you're going to be transporting guests underground and above the ground and every which way and you're going to have all these amazing space, uh, indoor spaces for people to go and diversification resort offerings and you're going to expand World Showcase, you know what you got to do? You got to fill those rooms and those rooms are going to get filled quickly so we're going to need more and more resorts. Do you think we see a complete uh, uh, expansion of resorts over the next 50 years? Uh, I would hope so. You know, I find that a lot of times now as a DVC member, I try and book last minute trips and it seems like the rooms are always full. So if you can add a few more resorts to my uh, my my pool of places that I can choose from, I think would be great. Uh, maybe something even a little bit more offsite, you know, something maybe a little bit more, you know, quiet and quaint. Uh, you know, if you can expand the transportation, you could, you know, uh, dedicate some transportation to something not off property, but maybe something far, far off, like how Animal Kingdom is, just something more of a just a resort type place. But I definitely think they need to expand the the uh, the DVC resorts. I think that would be a good idea. Uh, it, it stinks when you want to have those spur of the moment trips and you just can't because nothing available let me give you an idea see what you guys think what do you think about if disney you know disney has value resorts and stuff like that what if dvc had it what we're going to call a value resort okay and with this value resort like you said it's a little bit further off property right but there's no transportation from the resort but in turn it only costs me six or seven points a night to go stay there you know 10 points a night whatever it is okay uh to go stay there but as someone who's more local, who's a DVC owner, I would be more willing to do that because I'm not having to be required to uh, to have transportation to and from the parks or to down uh, Disney Springs. Um, I would drive everywhere. Now, that cuts the cost, right? Automatically, right off the top. I would love if they would look into stuff like that to where, hey, let's build something further out. Let's build something that's more affordable for DVC members. Um, as far as regular resorts, I really hope they stay true to keeping with value resorts being built. I really think that's very important for this company and for Walt Disney World as a whole. I think it serves a great purpose. I love the value resorts. Um, I, I, you know, It's funny because becoming DVC members, Riley's, Riley's grown up a DVC member her whole life. Every trip we do, we'll typically drive down the night before we check in at Disney, and we'll stay at a value resort. Most of the time, Riley's like, I don't want to leave Art of Animation to go check in at the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian's boring. I want to stay here at the Big Blue Pool and have a blast. You know, it's just one of those things where those resorts really do serve a purpose. So I hope that's because could... Art of Animation is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay? I love Art it's of the Animation. Best. I'm like, I don't want yeah. to stay at Grand Floridian. I want to stay at Art of Animation. Okay. It's so much fun, man. Uh, Dave, do you agree, though, that we will see continue to see resorts built and uh, maybe we'll see value resorts expanded on in the future? Yeah, once again, um, similar to my my point about uh, entertainment offerings, um, the resort offerings definitely have ebbed and flowed over the years. And if you rewind a few years back, yes, Art of Animation and um, a bunch of those uh, resorts were the the focus of what was coming to Disney World. And then in the lead up to COVID, we had uh, Grand Destino Tower uh, at Coronado Mm. Springs and then Riviera uh, to a more upscale deluxe 
uh, focused resort offerings. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether we do get some moderates uh, and head back uh, on that revolving wheel uh, to get some uh, value offerings as well. Uh, I think they always need to make sure that we do have a good balance of those value offerings because otherwise they just start losing out to the Howard Johnson's and things like that down the road uh, in Kissimmee where, yeah, if you're going to be in proximity and you can get a decent rate, you'll, you'll take your, you'll take your money off property. And I don't think Disney ever want that to happen. Even those good neighbor resorts, man, are, are fantastic. Yeah. We stay at the B resort uh, quite a bit whenever we come down for oh, one okay. night. I, I, it's, it's fantastic, man. It's right there. It's close proximity. Um, I know I do, where to I, find that. I foresee I it. <laughs> the B resort? Really? Yeah. I, I know where it is. I, I think I've been there once. Like, yeah, I... Yeah. It's great. All those okay. resorts are really good. Like, okay. yeah. Uh, I'll look, look into you, it. With the with those still, I mean, you get a lot. That has a Disney store inside of it. There you go. So when you walk in. So it's got some Disney love when you walk in. It's it's really nice. Um guys, we've led up to this. Number 1, everybody right now has screamed for an hour. Like, what are these guys doing in the next 50 years? They haven't said the one thing that we have to have. At number 1, of course, a fifth gate. Uh, Dave, I'm going to start with you. In the next 50 years, do you think we see a fifth and maybe a sixth gate at Walt Disney World? I mean, as our resort uh, accommodations have increased, we get more people coming in. We're able to house more people on Disney property. But it has been 23 years, quick math, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, since we last opened a park in the United States. It's been more than 20 years. The last one to open was April 22nd, 1998, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. We we desperately need some new offerings uh, in Disney World. And and ev- once again, every D23, it's the, this uh, intake of breath as they go into the announcements of will there be a fifth gate announced? And I, I think... I think the last couple of D23s have been uh, gun-shy of heading in this direction because we wanted to, we just needed to get to the 50th. Even pre-COVID, yeah. there was this, all right, let's 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 get the ball across the line of the 50th. Let's have this celebration and then, and then we'll, and then we'll worry about what the, what the element of the future holds. So, in my head, the next D23 is not going to announce it. I don't think we'll see it that soon. Uh, But a couple of years from now, yeah, I think it has to be something that is... There's a room somewhere in Burbank with a couple of heads that pop in and out of it every so often, and they go, where would we put it? And what would it be? And what, what, what do we have available? And... I think a fifth park is the the next natural progression for Walt Disney World. Uh, it's just a case of when and where. No, I completely agree. I think we see a fifth gate, definitely see a fifth gate in the next 50 years. If we don't, something has gone terribly wrong. Right. I mean, we've really, there's a... This, there's is, a- why, this <laughs> is why having 50 years as the as the proximity means that we, we, we're fairly safe bets on some of these happening yeah. because it's It gone. really is hedging your bet. You know what I mean? Five like We have hedged decades. our bet with most of these. Uh, Mike, fifth gate, 
Does it happen? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, it has to happen. We, we've talked about this on this show, uh, other podcasts, uh, other uh, you know blogs and other shows. They've always you know talked about the fantasy of what it's going to be. It's got to happen. Yeah, man, I am super, super excited uh, to see a fifth gate. I do think has. I think we get it. Like Dave said, I don't think we're gonna get it this D twenty three, the next D twenty three, or probably the next D twenty three. But I think eventually in the next decade they will be announcing. And once they announce, though, hopefully they're ready. You know what I mean? Like we're announcing, and we've are we we're gonna start clearing today. Like boom, off we go. Um, so I am super, super excited about that, uh, guys. 10 things that we hope we see over the next 50 years. And uh, I really do think we'll see a lot of these. I really think if, you know, if, if we're all sitting around uh, 50 years from now, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be all uh, in our rocking chairs, uh, eating our applesauce and, uh, you know, talking about this episode. And I think we'll say, Hey, we nailed some of those. We, we got them right. Uh, and uh, Mike, that leads us to one of our favorite things every week. You know, whether it be the, past previous 50 years or the next 50 years in the future uh you know one thing's never changed it's always great to take pictures when you're down in disney world uh get that great family picture and of course even 50 years from now go to our facebook page post those pictures there you know why because you might be a pick of the week and it brings me to my favorite thing every week and that would be picks of the week picks of the week picks of the week it's time for us to get our picks of the week all right, Dave, what's your pick of the week? Um, I am going to uh, bring up somebody, and I don't think I've seen them post before, um, but I loved some throwback photos that they posted. Uh, Michael Johnson posted uh, some photos of a visit to um, Mama Melrose? No, uh, 50s Primetime. Pick, pick a restaurant. Uh, 50s Primetime and has a picture of his dad um, getting banished to the corner to stand in the corner and um, and be like scolded a little bit. And um, I just thought it was a, a great little moment, uh, a great little memory that that he was sharing and I appreciate it. And you've got to love um, photos with the waitress and, and if I'm not mistaken, I actually think I... I know her like I've seen her for she's been there for years Jennifer is a fixture uh over there at uh 50s prime time so um I love it very cool very good Justin what do you got for me man there was some good ones this week because a lot of people were in the parks uh you know uh, for the 50th but I'm gonna go with my good buddy Ashley LaVorn Cook uh she was down with her husband hanging out and uh, she said, we settled in for football. I talked to her a little bit because she was asking me where to go in Epcot to watch football. I'm like, nowhere on your phone uh, is the best place because ESPN, which I would have recommended before, is closed. So you cannot go out the International Gateway and make that quick five-minute walk to ESPN. Um, but they did uh, find a way uh, to watch over at, and it's the one place I told them, uh, over at the, what is it, Big River Grill? I like that place over there at the boardwalk. Great, great spot. spot. Uh, but they, yeah, it looks like they had a great time. So that is my pick of the week. Good job, Ash. Uh, how about you, Mike? Very good. I, I have to mention, of course, without a doubt, one of the near and dearest families in this Disney Dad podcast family. You know, we've been doing this for a long time, and there's one family that's what one of many families that has a very special place in all of our hearts, and that's the Reagan family. And they were out out and about enjoying the Florida lifestyle now that he's down there. And uh, they went to go to the Plaza Cafe. They went to um, the Plaza Restaurant. They got to go do a little bit of uh, 
uh, miniature golf, it looks like, uh, via Napoli. So they had a great time enjoying the Florida life. And uh, Rick, you're down there all the time, so you're going to have quite a few good picks of the week because uh, you're enjoying that Florida lifestyle now. Dude, I'm so happy for them. I absolutely love the fact that they are experiencing this. Always great to see uh, people posting in the Facebook group. And if you have not done it, go right now. Join that group, Disney Heads Podcast Facebook family over there. Of course, we've got a lot of different Facebook groups, the running page, the book club. We have our uh, our, our football, fantasy football club. Uh, we got all that good stuff going on. There's tons of stuff. If you want to be a member of all those, go find them. Uh, great, great places to not only be positive, but also to make some great friends that will last a lifetime. Uh, of course, all the major things. Scroll down right now. You can click those links. Uh, go check out Jay's book, Pabble. Also, scroll down there if you want to become a part of the Patreon family. Uh, this is the time. Uh, you I have lots of tiers to choose from to wear. And they're, they're simple. They're not like my tiers with Pecos Bills, okay? They're real easy. These are five <laughs> tiers where you can choose what you want, and uh, you can see if you want the video element or if you just want to get this thing with no commercials or if you want to get it a day early but no matter what any tier you choose you're part of that extra facebook group which uh, we post a lot of love over there so we hope to see you uh, on the patreon side and of course if you like what we're doing trying to grow the show trying to create a positive atmosphere of disney love each and every week go give us five stars leave us a nice review it helps us grow the show and reach more and more people guys i had a blast it's been a lot of fun these last two weeks leading up to the 50th talking about the 10 most influential things that we thought have happened over the last 50 years. And now after the 50th, uh, celebrating with Walt Disney world and celebrating their future and our future as Disney fans looking forward at the 10 things that we hope to see over the next 50 years. Uh, it's always fun to talk, uh, Dave closing words for the family tonight. Um, I look forward to many, many adventures in Walt Disney World and for uh, seeing some, if not all, of these uh, predictions with um, a great big 50-year caveat to get it done in uh, come to fruition. And I uh, appreciated being part of the conversation tonight. Loved having you, brother. Always, I miss you when you're not here. Um, Mike, how about you, buddy? Closing words? Uh, Dave, great seeing you again. It's been a while, and uh, yeah, fifty years. Like I said, fifty years flew by the last, you know, previous fifty, and hopefully the next fifty will fly by, and we'll get to enjoy some of these predictions that we have. And uh, it's always great hanging out with you guys and talking a little Disney with our Disney dads family. Yep, guys, Disney dads family, have an amazing week. Spread some Disney love, and until next time, we will see everybody real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder. And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.